Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and this is a podcast recording of the Old Testament. Although this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort's been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. I'll be using for the text the Joseph Smith translation of the Old Testament, along with many commentaries from general authorities of the Church, BYU professors, Bible scholars, and others. This format will be very detailed, and so if you want a deep analysis of the Old Testament, you come to the right place. Thanks for your attendance. Hi there, welcome back. This is going to be for Ezekiel chapter 21. I'm going to read the heading first. Both the righteous and the wicked in Jerusalem shall be slain. Babylon draws a sharp and bright sword against Israel and shall prevail. So there's an interesting question there. Both the righteous and the wicked in Jerusalem shall be slain. Why the righteous? Um, Joseph Smith said, When righteous people live among the wicked, they sometimes experience tribulations resulting from the unrighteousness of their neighbors. Sometimes the innocent are compelled to suffer for the iniquities of the guilty. In, in speaking of the judgments of the last days, he also said, It is a false idea that the saints will escape all the judgments whilst the wicked suffer, for all flesh is subject to suffer, and the righteous shall hardly escape. Still many of the saints will escape, for the just shall live by faith, yet many of the righteous shall fall a prey to disease, to pestilence, etc., by reason of the weakness of the flesh, and yet be saved in the kingdom of God. So that it is an unhallowed principle to say that such and such have transgressed because they have been preyed upon by disease or death, for all flesh is subject to death, and the Savior has said, Judge not, lest ye be judged. Clark gave the following commentary on Ezekiel 24, verse 4, that is helpful in understanding why the righteous, along with the wicked, sometimes find their lot in life full of distress. The scripture says, Seeing then that I will cut off from thee the righteous and the wicked, therefore shall my sword go forth out of his sheath against all flesh from the south to the north. Clark's commentary says, And when all the provisions were consumed, so that there was no more bread in the city during the siege by Nebuchadnezzar, the righteous must have suffered as well as the wicked, for they could not be preserved alive, but by miracle. When there was no bread, nor was there, nor was there perishing for want any loss to them, because the Lord would take them straight to his glory. And however men in general are unwilling to die, yet there is no instance, nor can there be, of any man's complaint that he got to heaven too soon. Again, if God had permitted none to be carried off captive but the wicked, the case of these would be utterly hopeless, as there would be none to set a good example to preach repentance, to reprove sin, or to show God's willingness to forgive sinners. But God in his mercy permitted many of the righteous to be carried off also, that the wicked might not be totally abandoned or put beyond the reach of being saved. Hence both Ezekiel and Daniel, and indeed several others, prophets and righteous men, were thus cut off from the land and carried away, carried into captivity. And how much was God's glory and the good men promoted by this? What a seed of salvation was sown, even in the heathen countries, by thus cutting off the righteous with the wicked. To this we owe under God many of the Psalms, the whole of the book of Ezekiel, all the prophecies of Daniel, the bright example of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the decrees passed in favor of the religion by the true God of Nebuchadnezzar. And then down to verse uh, 21 where it says, uh, For the king of Babylon stood at the parting of the way, at the head of the two ways, to use divination. He made his arrows bright, he consulted with images, he looked in the liver. Now that sounds kind of odd, doesn't it? Well, here's the narrative about that. Three methods of divination used by idolaters were shaking arrows and drawing one out or watching them fall consulting with idols and examining the entrails of animal sacrifices. 
customs no more ridiculous than consulting cards and tea leaves or reading palms. Nebuchadnezzar conquered Jerusalem because Jehovah allowed it, not because an arrow, an image, or a liver bespoke good omens. Anyway, I'm not going to read the whole chapter because it's just mostly about uh, the destruction of the people here and uh, what, what God was going to do to wipe them out or destroy them. Anyway, that's the end for today. We'll see you next time. Bye.